Hey, Friday Foreplay, and today I got uh, a really cool guest, a Manitoba music maker named Scott Hinkson. How are you, Scott? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for having me. Oh, no trouble. No trouble at all. It's my pleasure uh, because uh, just a little backstory for those who don't know. Um, about a month ago, I had my buddy Graham Gary on because I discovered uh, that his band Snooper was on Apple Music. So, and then we were talking, and he said uh, a dude who worked on that album is also putting out albums basically nonstop. And you have uh, Scott, you have a new album out called Fast Forward. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it came out uh, end of October. I, I've been listening to it for a few days now, and I think it's just uh, it's awesome. It's like very cool clean and clean and in production i mean uh alternative rock it, it's like powerful stuff here yeah thanks um i've been doing the music thing for a while so um you know i write and record and produce and mix and master all my own stuff and i think over the years just been getting progressively a little bit sharper in in approach and style and i like this one a lot it's got a really nice sort of straightforward rock feel to it and uh yeah just really happy with the the overall product oh yeah i'm blown away especially uh well first off your vocals you're, you're an amazing singer yeah thanks <laughs> incredible the power behind your voice uh with your lyrics it just it, it cuts right through me I, I i was wondering uh if you had vocal training um in short, the answer is yes. Uh, I, I didn't actually for the first little bit uh, in my career, probably for about the first uh, nine years I was in a band. Didn't know how to, well, multiple bands, I should say. Mm -hmm. Didn't know how to sing or control my pitch very well. And I found I was very pitchy. And uh, it's kind of funny. I, I went to Tauber Music School in 2002 oh, because yeah. I, I literally could not hold a pitch and uh, found this music teacher who took me on. She was used to sort of instructing kids that were like five to, you know, 14 years old. And here I was uh, in, in her class. But she taught me a lot of things about projection, mm -hmm. um, singing and controlling my my voice a little bit more through my diaphragm. Yeah. And the end result, you know, it, I, I'm not going to lie to you, it didn't come immediately. But the end result was, I, I think, um, a more enriched vocal performance so yeah i mean honestly it was only probably a handful of weeks but yeah i think you know my voice has gotten quite a bit stronger i um i had a side project called rooftop static yeah. where just a lot of musicians would go through this where, where you're in a sort of a jam space and if the electric guitars the drums the bass the keyboards are all louder than you as a vocalist yeah. you've got to kind of find a way to cut through and i think you know, being in that band for however many years, uh, I think it was probably close to eight years. Um, I really developed like a lot of strength, I think, in in being in, in range. So ended up going higher and higher. And I think that really contributed to the strength I have now in, in this album. Right, right. It's definitely uh, just keep doing it and you keep doing it. Keep, uh, uh, what is it, pumping the muscle? <laughs> the muscles in the Yeah, exactly. There. And, exactly. Uh, there's some amazing harmonies and uh, like, once again, you, this is all you um, doing all the instruments except for the drumming. We'll talk for that in a, in a second, but otherwise, yeah, that's right. You're performing the guitars, the bass, the keyboards. 
Am yeah, I missing an, Am I missing and, and vocals? Of course, uh, yeah, no, no, that that's about right. Uh, keyboards, bass, guitars, vocals, um, occasional percussion, but yeah, and that's sort of the way I've I've approached records, uh, my solo records, probably now for you know the last I don't even know how long I've been making them for, just short of twenty years. So it's so they're so professionally done. It's it's amazing. You'd think this would be like in like some some big ass you know money making studio but it's just a, you in your uh in your basement in a, in a basement or a garage yeah I've, I've had my own studio that i've been building and assembling in multiple forms in multiple houses where i've lived right um you know pretty much since the early 2000s and you know i th i think it's important to understand that you know with the advent of being able to record on your computer it's become quite a, a bit more accessible and affordable for a lot of musicians to make their own music. Mm -hmm. What's a little different with me is um, I work a lot on computers during the day. And so I, I'm kind of old school and unusual in that I actually have like a hard disk recorder that has faders and knobs and that, that, that I move up and down and turn left and right. So it's, yeah. it's like a physical sort of device. And I collect physical pieces of equipment that, get you know screwed into a rack and so it is much closer to an actual studio studio not just a guy with garage band you know you have uh additional equipment yeah that's gonna bring the sound alive you know what i mean yeah and it resembles probably more of a studio that you would have seen in the late 90s early 2000s now it's really hard to it, it's a bit of a mix even in the professional studios there's a lot of um computer uh, focused plugins, uh, in addition to a lot of the sort of the hardware focused approach. So, yeah. uh, anyways, I'm an old dog in, in terms of my approach and I think it's lent itself fairly well to the quality of sound I get. So oh, the soundscapes are incredible. Like I, I, I kind of hints of Radiohead for me. Cause, uh, just like some, some songs, there's just some nice, just unexpected pops and, and just, just, just things you wouldn't expect, you know, like uh, that's what I got from, uh, a lot of your songs. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah, I've never had Radiohead uh, comparisons before in terms of my production, but I'm definitely going to take that. I mean, they're one of my favorites. So like any musician, right? You're sort of made up of your component pieces of bands that you're fans of. And Speaking of which, uh, bands you're fans of, Failure is one of, one of the bands that you love. Failure. You reached out to, is it Kelly Scott or Kelly Scott? It's Kelly Scott. Yeah, the, the drummer of Failure. Yeah. And you managed to rope them in to play drums on uh, on every song. I imagine except for the last one, because Ingress doesn't seem to have any drums, right? Just it's like a solo acoustic. Yeah, right. Uh, you know, where there's drums on the album, he's he's playing them. Awesome. And um, yeah, if you want to know a little bit of the story behind that one, it, yes, it goes please. like this. So yeah, buddy of mine, uh, Trevor Tominski from Jet Set Satellite, was kind of following him on Instagram. And, and he said, hey, he, like Trev knew I was working on some new stuff um which had been a while for me it had been about six years since i sort of picked things back up and i i just wanted to see where i was at in terms of music and uh my solo stuff anyways i'd still been active through rooftop static and in, in having two albums since 2015 but uh anyways i started fooling around with it and kelly was um mentioning on instagram that if anyone was interested in having their music have drum tracks cut to them um reach out to him wow. so I, you know i did and long and the short of it was you know through the pandemic you know even massive awesome you know 
skilled drummers like himself were, were affected. And I don't know exactly what his day gig was, but um, something happened with that. And so he had made a choice that he was going to see if he could sort of like fund or, or source people to play with. Mm-hmm. And uh, he had a guy, a friend of his named Gabe that, that w- was engineering the tracks. So long and the short of it is I had my first, um, the first song on the album cut the way I had it mixed, which is called I'm the medicine. And um, I had him do drum tracks to it. And I really kind of didn't give him a ton of feedback, just sort of, gave him some very loose guardrails because i mean at the end of the day when it's one of your personal heroes yeah. you don't want to box <laughs> box that individual too much right you want to exactly. let them be themselves for sure and uh he did a couple different takes for the song and oh, wow. the the last take was really strange um and him and i talked on the phone and he kind of likened it to a band that we both liked we found out we both liked called mute math and the drummer there, like he, he plays a lot of interesting break beats and, and odd choices. And Kelly was doing a lot of that in that song. So I kept uh, the third track as is. And that's that's the one that you hear in, in the tune. <laughs>
started having a conversation about, hey, is this like going to be possible for you and I to work together, f- you know, for the next however many months, as long as I can, you know, keep up with writing? He's like, for this foreseeable future, this is where I'm going. And uh, I mean, as soon as I heard that and knowing that I had Kelly on the other side of, you know, sort of the equation to play drums with, it was it was super inspiring. Like, I'm you know, sure. to be oh, honest, man. I was writing songs knowing that he was at the other end. And whereas <laughs> I probably wouldn't have written maybe some of the material exactly the way I would have if I didn't know that Kelly Scott was going to be drumming on him. Wow. That, that, that must have been the biggest thrill to, to be working with. Yeah. As you said, like one of the, the people you admire, the drums are, are really, really cool. There's some offbeat stuff and just like, not just a uh, typical drum sounds. It's kind of like the synth where they're just kind of like, just a little off at times. I, very nice. Very good. Yeah. He's capable of a lot of stuff. And for anybody who, who remembers failure, like they, they, they were a very big band at, at the late nineties. Um, they had a big hit called stuck on you. That yeah. was on much music for a while. Maynard James Keenan, who is from tool and a perfect circle um, was a big fan of Greg Edwards from that band. Mm-hmm. Um, and covered one of the fa- their failure songs on the second Perfect Circle album. You know, it's funny that they're, they're, they just released a documentary, and there's a saying that a few musicians have, which is, "Failure was the band that every other band loved. Like they were a musician's band, musician and band, yeah. um, they're just amazing. They still are today. I, I saw them in the say, summer. Yeah, in Minneapolis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard about that show. I was almost on my way. Um, but no, I I pulled out the last minute. I still don't go anywhere these days. So <laughs> it was a good gotcha. show. Oh, it was it was fantastic. It was it was fantastic. I mean, I'm I'm fans of all three of the guys in the in in that band and all the work that they've done for their solo projects and and side projects. And um, you know, in addition to being a fantastic drummer who's got a really distinctive snare sound and approach, mm-hmm. Kelly's a kick-ass person he was really easy to work with yeah you kind of think oh, okay well here i am uh working with one of my heroes they say you should never meet your heroes what's this what's this gonna be like yeah and he was awesome just awesome i mean there i'd send him some stuff i was working on i was like oh i really like this one um and he's he sort of know like for the field I, that i was going for other ones he would just you know just respond back with you know, effing rad or something like that. It was just, it was such a cool experience. And um, like I said, the approach that we took is I didn't really try to box them in too much. Um, There might've been one or two songs where I said, here's what I'm thinking, uh, the tempo I'm thinking, but you know, I found the the songs that I liked the most on the album are the ones that I, I didn't give him any guidance on. He just sent the track back and I was like, wow. Which ones were those Scott? Yeah, I mean, at a high level, um, the first opening song, uh, Egress, mm-hmm. um, I liken to almost like a, like the Jesus Christ post type of style drumming that Matt Cameron does in that song. Yeah. He's all over the place on the toms. It's just crazy what he's doing on that song. Blew, blew me away the first time I listened to it. <laughs>
you saw the show in Minneapolis, did, were you able to meet up with them? You know, you know, uh, I wasn't. And, and part of that was due to some COVID protocols that the band was trying to follow. So oh, yeah. um, they were trying to Makes keep sense. it fairly tight with their interactions with their fans and stuff like that. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. And it was just something that, that didn't come to be in, in that moment in time. Um, but who knows? Like I, I sort of have it in my head right now where, Hey, you know, where once this album's done, I, I kind of got the, the sort of the vibe to keep on writing. I, I would reach out to Kelly again and you never know where life takes you. It'd be, it would be great to shake his hand and, you know, clink a glass and say, thanks so much for all the work that we've done together. And exactly. we'll see what the future brings. Exactly, or even maybe get a live show in. Uh, I I can't imagine you're performing <laughs> this live because <laughs> it's all you doing the instruments. I imagine if you were to, you'd have to hire musicians, of course, and and find a venue. Is that something you would be inter- yeah. interested in doing? Is performing this album live or tracks? Yeah, it's um, it's interesting. Like normally, when you release a CD, you kind of do that at the same time. You would have a CD release, but more and more bands are sort of getting their live act together after their album's introduced and then they go out and support it. Yeah. And um, what I decided to do on this one is uh, I just, I'm going to spend the remainder of this year sort of promoting the record itself. And then in the new year, um, see, see what that could look like, you know, whether it be solo, whether it be to your point, uh, I've got a few friends that still play and maybe I'll post some ads and, and try to get a band assembled around me. But yeah, like it, sonically this one's um like i didn't really constrain myself in terms of how i approached it so i I'd probably need about four or five players in addition to myself to make it come to life in the way i'd want it's something what we'll see but it, it's funny you mentioned kelly so when he was going to minneapolis um i was trying to coax him and and say hey what's the chances like he wouldn't come up because he had like two days in between the the his next show in seattle right you know any chance i can convince you to come up to winnipeg and we can knock out a cd release party here and it just you know it wasn't going to work work out for him i talked to him and i think that tour was pretty touring can be very grueling and grindy and and they needed those two days to get out west and it just would have been too much and like i said i think the band was really trying to keep it tight in terms of their exposures because you know if one of them gets sick gets covid you know at the time you know just go back to the protocols when they were designing this tour was around the april time frame right i think things mm-hmm. got better in the summer but they they were uh, their heads were sort of like we can't get sick or the tour's done exactly um, you see it so often and so still like uh, yeah so, so yeah i didn't i can respect that right like i don't, I don't, I don't want to be the reason that kelly scott's not playing for other fans so for sure. I think Begonia just had COVID like a week or two ago, had to cancel some dates and, you know, it just, it pops up. You just don't know. Um, so this album, yeah. how long would, would you say it took for you to uh, complete it from start to finish? Like, uh, was it a good year? Yeah. And it I was mean, a great that year. Doesn't, <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah, it was, it was a good year. It was a great year. Yeah, for sure. Start to finish. Um, ironically, this sounds like a long time, but, it's probably the quickest I've ever done one. Um, so Cradle to Grave, that thing was probably about 14 months, um, which is pretty quick for me. Anybody who knows the first uh, time I did my my first solo, I'm, I think it was something silly, like seven years. Um, so I've been, I've been getting quicker and quicker. And so, uh, yeah, yeah it, was, it was pretty quick. And one of the reasons I think is, 
like I said, knowing that I had Kelly on the other side, I wanted to keep the the momentum going. Yeah. Um, you know, he wasn't available the, the whole time. He had to go in and track a failure album. And, and then at one point I knew that there was, he was going to stop like uh, around the March or April timeframe of this year, he had to stop to start getting, you know, sort of show ready for the tour. So, so rooftop static, is that still a thing? No. Um, I think around middle of 2021, we decided to, to kind of call it quits. I mean, it was, a uh, it's unfortunate it'd be interesting to talk to other people in winnipeg or just in general around how the pandemic affected their ability to oh, yeah. stay together as a band you know with some of the restrictions and and everyone's sort of personal preferences yeah it it was tough to keep momentum but when the pandemic hit we had made a decision to record an album um yeah december 2019 i started uh tracking some drums for our second album mm-hmm. and we were able to finish that recording in oh i guess it was probably august of 2020 we released it in october of that year and you know we were going up and down in terms of all the restrictions at the time if you remember like one moment it's like you're banned and you're trying to figure out if you can play live yeah you're also trying to think about okay never mind is the bar going to be open like open like who's coming out right but it was really hard to sort of get momentum and really support that record and i think a a lot of us felt kind of frustrated that it it wasn't a linear path to progression it it felt like we were taking steps back and uh, yeah we just kind of fizzled out i'd say in the in the middle of last year right well it can always be picked up again much like snooper i was telling graham you guys got to get back together for snooper i want to see you guys live (laughs) that's yeah i don't know if that one's gonna happen (laughs) um but uh that's yeah, that would be interesting. Thing. I haven't seen Graham. I haven't seen Graham in a while, but uh, yeah, that that would definitely be interesting. I think we, I know we played one show. Maybe maybe we played a couple, but it's been since two thousand four uh, for that for that project for sure. Well, that album's awesome. This new one's awesome. Call it greater than greater than, but because the, the if you for those of you who don't know, it's a fast forwards the title, but it's like the fast forward button on a CD player, I guess yeah exactly yeah yeah Um, representing you know i know you didn't ask the question but i'll I'll fill in the gap on that one a lot of us over the last couple years probably wish they could have fast forward to maybe better times in their lives you know bumpy time for all of us right so i think that that album is just reflecting on not necessarily the pandemic specifically but maybe parts of it and then also just in life when we all wish we could sort of go oh i wish this was done with and i was on the other side of it yeah and so uh thematically that's sort of what the the record's about and uh i think the other thing i'd add is because it was a bit of a seven year gap between my last record it felt like okay i'm gonna pick off pick up where i left off and we're sort of fast forwarding the clock to to this point in time i uh, i definitely don't have plans to stay uh, that inactive for my solo stuff ever again. I think uh, I'm going to keep it the momentum going now Got that it. I'm back and really enjoying things. Absolutely. Yeah. Take time to soak up uh, you, what you've created here, Scott, and then just keep going forward, man. Because um, for sure. it, it only it only gets better and better, right? One's got to believe it's going to get better after we've gone through this uh, whole pandemic mess. Um, 100%. For everyone who wants more information, you go to Scott hinkson.music.com uh, h-i-n-k-s-o-n scott 
hinksonmusic.com. You can listen. I listen to the album Apple Music, and I imagine, like all artists, it's on Spotify and all the streaming services. You bet. Are there physical copies available? Um, I'm collecting sort of uh, pre-orders for vinyl. Not doing CDs anymore. I mean, I, I traditionally have done CDs, but just found that you know, over the years you get less and less people buying them. So yeah, at this point in time, if I do anything, it's going to be vinyl. So for sure. So the, you, if you're interested short in a vinyl, get a hold of you uh, at your website and for a pre-order. You bet. That sounds great, Scott. Okay, what song would be would be the one that? Uh, that you cherish the most it's always i'm sure that's a hard question for you off this album but is there one in particular that you really i, I also know that i'm the medicine is the the lead single yeah i'm the medicine's the lead single um that would be a good one there's a video on for that on my youtube channel um but you know one that i'm, I'm pretty proud of it's a thing that's the active single right now it seems to be getting um like i i got about 800 views of it so far on instagram is memorex 90 it's it's a good just little rocker um and it takes you back to i think a the a, a more innocent spirit mm-hmm. of you know mid 90s that that was a common blank tape where a lot of us if you're like me and i imagine you're probably not dissimilar many of us were we were introduced to so many different bands from different friends um, and perhaps we were doing the introducing to different bands to our friends by making mixtapes. And so really all that, that song is, it's a bit of a nod to, I am so thankful to, to many of my friends who introduced me to some of my favorite artists. And, uh, you know, there's a tagline in that song where, um, in the chorus, it says a song could change a day or night. And I just, I've always felt that music's like, it's held this very special sort of, uh, sacred place in my life where where that could be true i mm-hmm. could i could have a the crappiest of days and just turn on a, a new song or be introduced to something and just like just be blown away so yeah it's about sharing music and and it's a great little rocker uh that pays homage to that that time and in, in i think uh the world yeah i was actually uh listening to it before this interview and i was reading the lyrics and i'm like it almost sounds like your 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 vocals are singing you're like like you're singing to yourself, like you know, like you're like you're serenading yourself through the lyrics. I, I could be way off there, but I was like, wow, it, it's it's pretty awesome, dude. And um, we'll we'll leave uh, well, we'll leave you. the show with that. So everyone, get ready for Memorex ninety. Scott Hinkson, thank you so much for uh, being on the show. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. <laughs> What's that you could do? Do better, do better than this As the noise turned down around Better was a goal we hoped to live one day For melodies in your head Was a sort of need, a greed, a drunk love letter The words we wrote to show Show all those imaginary friends someday We're all a brilliant road 
okay, babe. 